This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You're listening to the Hunting Land Man podcast. This is Slade Priest, your host, the Hunting Land Man. Rack buck down here on opening day. If you're interested in rack bucks and real estate and everything that has to do with hunting property, this is the podcast for you. Well, here we go. The Hunting Land Man podcast, as always, brought to you by Southern Ag Credit. They are doing some loans for me right now. They are uh, doing some uh, refis on some stuff. They I just have so many great programs I'm always taking advantage of, and I'd love to talk to you about that. I'm going to actually go into that uh, just a little bit, and we're going to have Alex on talking about some programs that I just found out about. All right, this is the Southern Rut Part 2, Episode 32, uh, Caleb just told me. Um, man, it's been a great deer season, and we're right in the middle of the Southern Rut. Today is 12-28-22, December 28th. Um, it is the heat of the rut. Bucks are breeding does right now. They're on their feet. If they're not with a doe, they are looking for a doe. Now, this does not mean that they are not going to stop and feed and come to your feeder. They still got to eat. They're still deer. Uh, people sometimes, I think, think that deer, oh, they don't eat during the rut. No, they eat every day at some point. They're grazers or browsers. Do they eat as much? Do, is that what's on their brain most of the time? No, but they are going to still do that. So, you still got to hunt smart, but right now is about butt time. You got to be there. You just got to be there, okay? Um, now, we've been blessed with some extremely good weather the last couple of days. Uh, I think today's the last good day of yep. it. Um, the It's going to be 75 by, uh, what's today, Wednesday? Today's Wednesday, so yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be like 74, and this weekend is going to be tough. Um, now, with this good weather, uh, it was it, everybody was killing. Uh, deer were moving in general, plus the rut. Uh, people are off for the holidays. Some great hunting. In fact, a buddy of mine texted me this morning. I heard the shot. Um, killed a nice big mature buck that I did not have on camera right here close to my house. But anyway, um, 
like I said, we've had a great season. Let me pull up my list right here, some things I'm going to talk about. I've got cameraman Caleb. Caleb, thanks for being here. He is uh, always producing this podcast. Uh, Caleb, did you have a good Christmas holiday? We did. Had a lot of fun. It was busy as always, but, you know, that's part of it. Well, um, Caleb uh, actually has been with me all season, and, uh, man, would you say we've been after him hard and, and all around him? With yeah, I mean, all around him is an understatement. We uh, we've had two bucks before you killed yours the other day, um, twenty five yards in bow range. One of them we couldn't shoot. The other one was very shootable, but the camera saved his life. We'll get into that a little bit, but uh, yeah, we've been all over, man. But we've been getting our tails kicked for sure. We have. We used up all our good fortune in the Midwest. I killed second day in Kansas. First day hunting with a bow in Missouri, and then first day hunting with a gun. So we uh, we used our good fortune. Now, not in Slade hunting land man fashion. I had targeted this this year. I've really kind of thrown everything else to the wind and not worried about but one deer. Not that I wouldn't shoot another deer if we walked by, but El Diablo, a big. I thought he was five, but after really after killing him and looking at the pictures, I, I really think he's six. Um, I've been looking from pictures from 2019. I think I had a picture of him in 2019. I know I did in 2020, 2021, and 2022, of course. Um, the deer actually, we think, maybe went downhill a little bit. I killed him on the 26th on, let me see, that would be Monday morning. Monday, Monday, Monday morning. Cameraman Caleb was still out, uh, you know, with Christmas stuff like that, and I went in on a stand that Caleb and I hung the first time we uh hunted it it was the first south wind after a bunch of norths which is always good had a lot of east to it so i was able to utilize this new stand um had some backwoods and some feed close but i was actually hunting you know this time of year you ain't got to be sitting 18 yards from your feed in Mm -hmm. you know mississippi louisiana you just gotta they're gonna be chasing around they'll be doing that use the wind to your advantage and um i guess i'll get right into this hunt so so i woke up early kate Caleb and I have been getting in at least an hour before daylight every time, and I did this. took me a little longer to get in, of course, because I was self-filming. Got a truck, eased in real slow, walked. I heard some deer um, in the oak bottom where I was coming in, so I make a, you know, there's hogs in the area, so I try to sound like a hog, you know, coming in. And looking back uh, on the camera after I killed the deer that were there was a little young buck and a doe, uh, and they came in right after daylight, so I know that, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't bother them. Uh, but we're having a good hunt, man. Got all set up. You know, if you're self-film, it's a lot going on that tree, and you feel like, good Lord, I'm supposed to be hunting, but I'm I'm doing architecture up in this tree. I'm building, you know, I'm putting up the bow hangers. I'm putting up the camera. I'm getting the mics and the cameras and the second hand. It's just so much stuff. But anyway... Got set up, got sat down, took my pre-daylight uh, nap with my safety system on, of course, my hunter safety system. Uh, uh, right after daylight, small buck comes in, kind of cruising, looking around. Immediately after that, I heard a big, big grunt. You know, and that's as hunters, of course. Oh, it's like a giant. It's oh, a giant. Yeah. It's oh, always yeah. a giant. You know, there's a spike. <laughs> it was a spike chasing was it a giant spike. Yeah, no, it was. A, it was not even a giant spike. It was a small uh, spike chasing a doe, and then, you know, the woods really opened up for the next hour. Just doe, doe here, yearling fawn. A four-year-old cull that needed to be shot, 
um, this particular place where I was hunting a buddy of mine's, uh, out of respect, I usually only ever shoot one and El Diablo is on the brain. Um, a little history. I'm getting, I'm getting closer and closer to this kill. So, so this deer has been on camera since August. Um, he lives on the place or, or really close to the place. We've got cameras out everywhere, figuring him out. What's he doing? You know, on scrapes, trying to figure out where he's coming from. We know a lot of history with him, which helps. We had some logging on the place this mm-hmm. year that kind of changed his patterns a little bit. Yeah. Not a lot, but it, it definitely put a maybe just our human, okay, a lot of log trucks in there, in and out. Not that the logging affects them, but people getting out and eating lunch and breakfast. I think it may have actually helped you in the mm-hmm. long run because, you know, it just kind of took one of your spots out of the equation. You know, it but by the down. time I killed him, it was back, you know. Yeah, it they, was right they, after. It yeah. was right after they had gotten done. So. Right. So, uh, the first encounter we had with the deer was, uh, and look, this was a deer that played cat and mouse. I I love these stories because you learn so much from these big mature deer like this you have history with. The deer was, once we got into rut time and good weather like this, he was daylighting every once in a while. And so we would see the weather, get in there, he wouldn't daylight. And then we, you know, one morning we'd work out of show land, he'd daylight. Then he would do something like in December, you know, pre-rut, he would do something random on a good afternoon, like a 1, 1 p.m. come by. Yeah. Or 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he came by several times. I, as I was walking in church, my phone would go off, and I'd look at my camera, and he'd be standing there. Mm-hmm. Um, But uh, so the first encounter Caleb and I had with him, I don't know, 10, 10 days ago, 14 days ago? It was about, yeah, I'd say probably 10 days ago. We were uh, sitting in the same bottom, about 40 yards from where I killed. Uh bunch of deer around the does this time of year they're all on edge and they got three does in front of me and i can't move caleb's says i hear a deer behind me and at the same time i look over caleb said it's him and i didn't you know we couldn't hear each other real good so i said shooter 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 (laughs) like i knew it was him and anyway he was only 35 yards 30 35 yards but no shot where he was, and he just walked and just cruising. We watched him cruise to the bottom, and we thought he would come in and check the does. Never did. He was gone. Okay, so we hunt, hunt, hunt. Couple of uh, work, hunt, family stuff. A couple of days later, we went to the second spot he normally goes to, what we call the barn. Went to the barn, and uh, a deer came out early, like at 4 p.m., and this mm-hmm. was on December the 22nd. Yeah. The night of our Christmas party, I told everybody at the Christmas party I was going to be late. Um, deer we call long brow time deer, a beast of a five-year-old deer, uh, big long brows, mid one thirties, eight point, just a really good Southwest Mississippi deer. He comes in and I've got him dead to rights at 25, 26 yards. And Caleb was there. So he knows, and y'all see on the episode, like I had him dead, like, I mean, perfectly broad side, standing still, kind of just looking around some does feeding a little bit. And we're under this barn in this blind and Caleb has two beams, of the uh, barn, like he can see like eight inches of deer. Yeah. And and it was four o'clock and he was in there messing with does and we're like, well, he'll get, you know, he'll get. He'll get right. Get right. Know? So I he, mean, let, he was a step and a half away. Yeah. We're seriously a step and a half away. So um, when he walks off, what was your feeling when he walked off the first time? When he walked off the first time, I was just thinking, are you kidding me? Like, we've been after these deer so hard, man. Like, we've put so much time into it, and it just consumes so much of your thoughts. You know, like, even when that you're is just so, That is around. so true. It control your real estate thoughts. You're like, yeah. it's like It's like you can't quit looking at your phone. Like, since I've killed, I've looked at my pictures way less. Yeah. 
Because it just consumes you. And, and like, you, he finally comes out, and we're like, okay, finally. Like, this is about to happen. And like I said, he's a step and a half away. Slade says, all right, I can kill him right there. And I say, no, no, no. And so he looks over at the camera screen. He obviously sees what's going on. The deer finally turns, and I can see him good in between the two beams. But at that point, he's facing Slade a little too much. He's not, not a good shot anymore. Deer walks off, and I'm like, crap, you got to be kidding me. Then he starts coming back. Yeah, yeah. He comes back, and we're like, okay, here we go. I mean, remember, this was happening at like 4 to 4.15, mm-hmm. like an hour and 20 minutes before dark. And um, we uh, he comes back and basically does the same thing, never stops, just kind of cruises through messing with the does. So the does all stick around. So we, we still think all afternoon we're on pins and needles. Mm-hmm. And then right before dark, the little front came through. It was raining that afternoon. Um, it, uh, it was like the big front coming through. Man, the does piled in there, and we were just on pins and needles any second that you say it. Yeah, we had like 10 does in front of us. Never showed. All right. Went the next morning. No luck. Did see that call seven mm-hmm. the next morning. Saw that mm-hmm. call seven uh, that I'd passed. Um, then we went to uh, my buddy that I hunt on for us. He, was, um, he came, got in the blind, and Lone Brow didn't show up. El Diablo showed mm-hmm. up. He, I, I was... Te- I was watching the camera. I said, what is that in the background uh, on the camera? He said, Big Ten. And he sent me a picture of him off his phone. And uh, it, it was El Diablo. And the deer, the deer came in and got to like 30, 35, but he never really got comfortable. He was just kind of messing with some does and forest. Just, you know, he didn't want to take that shot. Deer never. He said that deer never got comfortable. And forest has been around enough deer. He knows what he's talking about. So... Here we go. Uh, that was the end of my hunting until Monday morning. I thought I was going to get to slide out Christmas night, and about 4 o'clock, my wife said, you should have gone hunting this afternoon on Christmas Day. I was oh. like, I didn't even want to bring it up, but I'm sitting there thinking, mm-hmm, I'd love to have gone, you know, <laughs> but I didn't want to bring it up, you know. Uh, but we, uh, the good Lord blessed me, spent time with the family, had a good time, shot my bow that day, kind of uh, got ready, got a new sat- tree saddle, and, and, and climbed a tree a couple times, got used to that. Uh, so here we are back to our hunt. Like I said, seeing a lot of deer, deer were cruising around four year old, eight point, I mean, four year old, seven point. He's really an eight. I call him a seven cause he's short. He's three. He comes all under me. I'm texting pictures to everybody of the deer, deer moving good. Look to my left deer moving down the bottom. Um, I don't even think I got him on camera. Small buck kind of cruising through the bottom coming my way. And then I hear something sent something i don't know i kind of look to my back right where el diablo does not live does not come from he comes from the other way and i look and within about three seconds i know there's el diablo and he's on a heavy rut root buck walk mm-hmm. straight to me um and as if he's going to continue this path he's going to be four to six yards and there's a trail about seven eight yards in front of the blind but i think he was gonna be on this side of the creek he was walking he was gonna be close which is a panic from a filming standpoint, trying to film straight down. I've got to get the camera around the tree back to where he's coming from because I'm set up everything in front of me. And that tree is not in a little spring chicken. That's no. a big old tree. And I've got three big tree trunks. This is kind of my cover, and I've got the camera arm on another tree. Well, anyway, I, I turn and get the camera on him. And I'm messing, you know, I go into hunter mode and I, I have to fight to be cameraman mode. So you'll see it. I get off of him one time trying to get everything right. Well, 
I'm trying to decide, okay, do I just wait for him to come on the left side of the tree before I, 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 I kind of pick my spot wrong and try to kill him? You know, what's he going to do? Well, he stops and goes to mess him with a bush. I don't know if he was a trail from a doe would walk by before daylight or something. He goes to messing around, and he stops like 25 yards, quartering away. I was like, okay, that'll work. I locked it down, grabbed the bow, picked it up over the camera arm, and he's right there. He ain't moved. I draw back. You'll hear it on the camera. I draw back as soon as I get to when I when I you know when I lock in, he turns and faces me. You know if you've ever self filmed panic mode because it's not like I can reach down. I'm right. drawn back with one hand and move the camera. And I know I'm gonna be honest with you, Caleb. I never looked at the camera I, when I drew back. I, I knew he was still in, in film. I knew I had about two steps on either side, mm. and he took one step to me and one step. As soon as he gave me that shoulder, he was in a slow walk. I put it right behind the shoulder. He ducked pretty good, entered high, long, exited, ran out there, and I was trying to get the camera on him, and I watched where he stopped, and then all of a sudden the bushes were just shaking right there, so I was pretty sure I heard him fall. Mm-hmm. So I am freaking out, man. I am, like, on cloud nine. I can't believe this just happened. Self-film, target buck, El Diablo is down. Uh, camera, cameraman Caleb doesn't answer the phone. Because uh, I tried to call him and tell him, you know? know, I mean, he's been there through the process, and I tried to call him and tell him he didn't even answer the phone. I was videoing and everything. Anyway, um, so I'm doing all that and doing all that, and finally, uh, I've called Lori and called my dad, and, and I'm looking. Uh, I want to look at the shot. I had two panics. It was funny. So I videoed the. Uh, I videoed the. Sh- I was gonna video the shot on my phone, so I could go back and just look at mm. it on my phone, slow it down, stuff like that. And when I do. My phone, I thought it was the camera. My phone's out of focus. And so when the shot is 100% out of focus, I'm like, I got it. But good Lord, it is not even close to focus. Well, thank God it was just my phone. It was not the camera. The phone's out of focus. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, panic one. All right, panic two, when I recorded a second time, it's something about the frames on that camera and the light. If you slow it down, it looks like I miss him. And I'm like, it only looks like that on your phone because I watched it on the computer last night and it looks good on the computer. So it's something about our phones. Yeah. And so when I see that, I'm you know, I'm still filming stuff in the tree, getting everything right, making sure I got everything so we can produce a good episode because self-filming, you got to do a little extra. As soon as I saw that, I said, no, I saw that. I saw it go behind his shoulder. Mm-hmm. You go to st- doubt in yourself. So I... Got down out the tree, left all my stuff just to run down there. I checked the air because I was like panicking at this point. I'm like, blood all over there. I was like, okay, okay. That's what I thought, just making sure. Got back in the tree, finished all my filming and stuff. Was giving the deer time, really. And uh, got down, did the recovery, and uh, he, he was 40, I don't know, 40, 50 yards. Uh, just a really, I don't care if he was 180 or 130 or 150. You know, it didn't matter. My target buck. Uh, on a place that we uh, managed hard, had a lot of history with this deer, and and probably as proud of that deer as any deer I've ever killed. Just a, uh, just just a super proud moment, fun. Uh, you know, I like to have the cameraman in a tree, but the cell phone, you know, add it to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I went and came and got Asa and Lori, and they helped me track him and load him up, track him quotations, and load him up. And so that was real fun. And uh, then cameraman Caleb came and we took really good pictures. So just a just an awesome experience and uh, super blessed. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to kill uh, one or two more and tag out this year. But if I don't, I have uh, I have a huge weight off my shoulders. You know, that was just I've been ate up with it. I told my wife I'm just obsessed with this deer and this season. Just 
I've been into it as much as I've ever been because he was wanting to play the game. It's one mm-hmm. thing that they only come at night, you only get pictures of them, but this dude was wanting to play a game, and he was playing it better than us. He was a worthy opponent. Very much a worthy opponent. Um, But big, mature deer are fun to bow hunt. And if I had to say one thing about bow hunting, and Caleb, you can use this as a clip. If I have to say one thing about bow hunting is if – and every hunter gets to a different point in their hunting career. But if you if you get to a point where you do want to bow hunt during the rut, because ours is all rifle season, and and you and you get to kill your big mature target deer, yeah, maybe you didn't tag out with three with your rifle. But I'm gonna tell you, I could shoot three with my rifle right now and it wouldn't mean with that deer with my bow tags out during the rut in Mississippi. And um it's just fun, man. It is super rewarding. Um, going back, uh, I think a week before, uh, my little boy Bentley killed a really good eight point. We call the big eight uh, on our home place right here. Get good footage. The deer comes out checking does real hard, um, and I get three and a half minutes of footage of him. He made a good shot. Deer falls in the field and uh, super good mountable one hundred thirty inch eight point with my uh my little boy right here on our home place. Really, really proud of that. That was that was awesome. Um Lori, um, on the day after I well, another day I killed. Mm-hmm. Went that afternoon. There's that been afternoon. a bu- pretty good buck coming in. Looked like a four year old eight point. And uh he had daylighted one or two times, but I knew a lot of does were in there. It was a good afternoon. And Lori, um she uh did not connect. We did take a shot, but we did not connect and the deer has been on camera. Uh, I'm not sure what deer she shot at. There's two that look a lot the same, but they both been on camera. Yeah. So I'm uh, pretty sure the deer's fine. I went and looked at him with a dog, and there was nothing on the air. So uh, we're going to get Lori back on that deer and get her. But just fun because that was right here on our home place too. And all these hunts I'm talking about are right here within three miles of my house, which is really, really cool for me. Um. All right, talking about the rut. The southern rut is right on target. Okay, this is, let me see, the Slade version of the southern rut right here in southwest mississippi and look there's little areas that may change but i'm talking about centerville woodville right around this area okay peak of the rut in my mind christmas to january the 5th that's when all the does get bred now do does get bred before that absolutely do does get bred after that absolutely will you see chasing on december the 7th by some younger deer and maybe mm-hmm. a big buck that just you know whatever Yes. Will you see seven bucks chasing a doe in February? Yes. But I'm talking about the, the the rut. What's your definition of rut? Well, that's why we're saying the peak of the rut, Christmas to January 5th, when I feel like most does get bred. Now, some of the best hunting has to do with weather and, and when you're in the woods and things like that. For instance, we've had really good weather here lately. Um, I've seen a lot, a lot of rut activity. But I feel like we're right now in the peak of it where the doe, I've got some deer that have gone missing on camera. I'm running about 10 cell cameras. What does that mean in my mind? Well, either in the back of somebody's truck, more than likely where I'm talking about, they're with a doe pinned down mm-hmm. and they're going to stay with her till they breed her. And then they'll show up every couple of days. Um, apparently El Diablo is either but be, be, between those or he haven't hadn't found his first doe yet. Uh, probably in between those especially with where he was at yeah totally yeah, totally where he was not supposed to be and he had disappeared for two like two days yeah. he came that night and then disappeared um now we had really good weather and no doubt everybody was hunting or whatever now we got something that's changing it's going to be 75 tomorrow 
the rut is not going to be affected by that weather. The deer are still going to rut. Are you going to see it as much? Absolutely not. Can you have the best hunt of your life? Absolutely, yes. Right place, right time. But if if you're not by that hot doe, you know, let's just say you're hunting a big food plot and you were seeing 8, 10, 12, 15 deer in the last couple, uh, if y'all hear Rafe in the background, he's having a little rough morning. Uh, if you were seeing a bunch of deer in your food plots or at your stand, you're not going to probably see that amount of deer mm-hmm. the next couple of days. Uh, we've got some decent weather coming, nothing super solid, but right now is about butt time. You ain't going to kill them sitting on the couch. Uh, now, this will probably save a lot of deer's lives the next uh, week or so when people are hunting around New Year's because they're not going to be moving. The wind's going to probably be swirling with the hot weather. Most people set their stuff up for north, northwest winds, and you know probably not going to have that. I hadn't looked at it, probably not going to have that. Uh, but you ain't going to kill them not hunting. You ain't going to kill them sitting on the couch. You've heard that a million times. And I think uh, it's just about butt time right now. If you can get in and out without spooking them, keep hunting them. Keep hunting them. Yep. All right. Um, you know, late season, if you're putting your feed out, good stuff like backwoods and the crave like we do, these deer, as the, especially, okay, so this this weather, remember, that uh, it smoked all the food plots. Man, my grass, I don't know if I've ever seen it. And it'll come back just fine here in the next couple of days with the warm weather, but it smoked it. Well, so the deer are not going to be hitting them as hard because it's got a lot of dead. It's not going to mm-hmm. taste as good. Your acorns, with all that rain, all that cold weather, the deer ate them more. They're going to start souring. Um, here, probably from January 10th through the end of the season, your feed and your good food plots yep. are going to be money. And yep. when these deer come off this rut, especially if we get another bout of cold weather like that, it's going to be some daylight going on. And they actually get kind of predictable sometimes later January like that. Sometimes. Um <laughs> So we should see, uh, you know, we've been seeing deer. Uh, I had a big deer that I'm hunting over at my lease that's never daylighted before. Daylighted two days in a row. I was hunting LD. Actually, I was Christmasing. But um, that'll probably be our next target buck. We do have another target buck on a place I own in Amick County that we'll be hunting. Um, got So we still got some really good hunting left before us. So we're going to be hunting smart. Got a lot of real estate. Got the first of the year coming up, and we've got a lot of big goals. Uh, looks like we're going to end up somewhere around the $88 million mark, $87, million for the year. We had a closing yesterday, um, and so a really blessed year. But so I get so unimpressed with my numbers from last year. Like if we do $88 million next year like we did this year, I'm going to be – I'm going to say that's, that's, that's terrible. I don't care how good or how bad the market is. We're going to work harder. We're going to work on our systems and processes. And I got the goal right up there. We're going to do $125 million right here. You heard it first. Right here. Um, we got a lot going on. I'll get into probably another podcast soon, A uh, what we're changing with the Hunting Landman system and how we're going to better provide better service to our clients. We got a lot going on in that in that realm. Um, the market is really good, of course, right around Christmas. Um, you know, people are Christmas and not a lot of land looking, but I got three showings today. In fact, I got to leave here in just a little bit. Uh, on, I've got three showings today on some big properties. I got a show on Monday in Tensile Parish. Um, I've got clients calling left and right. We're planning showings. Uh, usually we get some fresh inventory after the first year. What happens? Families get together. They talk about the family land. Hey, we're going to sell it. Um, you know, they hunt. They don't have a good hunt. They do have a good hunt. They hunt their club. They don't like their club. Hey, we want to upgrade. Hey, we want to downgrade. 
tax times coming up. Usually February is a, you know, late January, February, early March is a really good time for us. So be looking for some fresh inventory. I hope because inventory is still real low. Mm-hmm. Even with interest rates being high, the market is still good. Speaking of interest rates, I, I knew this, but I didn't know it. Uh, my buddy with Louisiana Land Bank actually brought this up, but it applies to Southern, Southern Eye Credit. It applies to any land bank. This is really cool. I'm not an expert on this. Consult your uh, land uh, professional at Southern Ag Credit for this, but here's the deal. If Caleb has a million-dollar loan on a piece of property, and let's say he got it during 2021 and got a 4% interest rate, he's smiling like a diamond, but he gets ready to sell his land, and I want to buy it. If I want to say Alex has it with Southern Ag Credit, or if Mm -hmm. I want to buy it, I can assume that debt at that same interest rate and hear what I just said, I can assume that debt at the same interest rate. So while everybody else is paying seven right now, I could get it at whatever Caleb had at four or five or whatever, or, or, or maybe it's three and a half, you know? So something to really consider when you're looking at land, Hey, who's got the loan on it now? Is it a land bank? Can I assume, uh, assume that debt? So I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to get Alex on here and we're going to talk about it, uh, talk about it even more. Uh, I think uh, I, I'm going to learn more about this process. And the reason it's never been brought up as much now, we've never gone from a 4%, and these are rough numbers, we've never gone from a 4% to a 7% interest rate as fast as we did yeah. in 2022. And you want to talk about, like, what you can afford. Like, when you just think about that opportunity, you think about what you can afford because it allows you to afford more if you can save on your interest. Obviously, it, it increases what you can afford. And so... You know, maybe there's a track of land that you think's just a little bit out of your budget. Well, look and see who's got the loan, you right. know, the current loan, because maybe you can't afford it. And guess what, y'all? I've got some listings that have those kind of rates on them. Mm-hmm. The 800 acres in Woodville, maybe it has that. Maybe some other ones. Maybe you need to call me and we need to talk about it. Um, so um, that's good things. So Dave Ramsey said it the other day. Uh, you know, I think Dave Ramsey's right on a lot of things. Uh, I think Grant Cardone and Robert Kiyosaki are right on a lot of things. Yeah. They're all millionaires. Nobody's actually wrong. They all just have different ways of doing it and different strokes for different folks. But the best time to buy real estate is now. That is not a sales pitch. Interest rates going up, going down, they're going to be – land's going to be more expensive in three years than it is right now. Yeah. That's just a fact. They're not making any more of it. Baton Rouge is moving this way. People are moving out of the cities. And – you know, land tracks are getting smaller. Big tracks of land are harder to find, so they're not making more any more of it. So, you know, uh, date the interest rate, marry the property. Mm-hmm. I know I'm stealing that a little bit from other people, but that's the truth. If you got to buy in right now to seven percent interest rate, and then in three years you get down to a four, you know, if you're buying a million piece of property and you had to spend a little bit more on interest the next couple of years. What are we talking about? We only go around this big world once. Let's get to track of land. Let's get your food plots in. Let's get you a big deer. And let's let you have the experience that me and Bentley had on our own track of land or the experience that I shouldn't kill, but sending my wife right down across the street and getting a shot with a bow, not a crossbow, with a bow on, on our own track of land or me hunting a deer on a buddy of mine's place three miles from here and letting him get to six years old and killing him with a bow during the rut. 
those experiences don't happen on your stock portfolio. And when that stuff happens, if it if you can afford it, which you should never buy anything you shouldn't couldn't afford, if you paid a four percent or a six percent interest rate, when that big giant walks under you. I don't care because we, we, there's more to life than money. Yes, it makes the world go round, but there's more to life than money. And it's also time. You know, like mm-hmm. if you want to wait two or three years to see if maybe the interest rate will go down, man, there's a lot can happen in two or three years. Your kids are going to be two or three mm-hmm. years older. You just miss out on two or three years of potential memories. Yeah, Asa turned five yesterday, which means she's ready to kill a deer, so yeah. she tells me. Okay, so I've got, if Asa's five, and let's just say she kills a deer when she's five, and I get to hunt with her until she's 18 a lot because then girls go and do their thing. I've got 13 seasons. So if I wait three years, waiting on the interest rate, I only got 10 seasons. Think about that. All right. Let's get to um, – we've kind of covered everything. Uh, we've got a lot of good stuff going on, man. The real estate market is still good. I've got some properties that uh, I know are coming up on the market or we're not publicly advertising for different reasons, uh, big and small. Call me, get on my email list. The reason my property sells fast, my property sell fast a lot of times, I have a huge email list, and you will get the emails first from Hunting Land, man. And you will find out. It's the first thing we send out. When the listing goes live, we hit go, and you get the email in your inbox. And you get to find out about these properties, these episodes, these secrets with this finance. And you get to find out about this stuff before anybody else does. So get on the Hunting Land Man um, email list. And, man, let's go buy some land. This stuff is just fun. I cannot wait to go show property today to make somebody else's dreams come true. And when I go through a hunting season like I'm having right now, killing good deer on my own land in Missouri, my son killing a deer here, Lori having a good hunt the other day, and she did kill a deer the other day with her bow, me having a good hunt, it gets me fired up to sell land because I get to go be part of that experience for somebody else. Maybe today I go show this client a track of land, and in two years he sends me a picture of a big giant he passed last year and then killed this year, or his son killed his first deer that's a two-year-old eight-point, and he said he's never been happier. His son and well, the family's never connected like they did now. I had a client send me a picture the other day him sitting in a hot tub at his camp on a track I sold him on Christmas Day. It's like, um, man, that's just awesome. I mean, I, hey, we get to make dreams come true. But you know why that fires you up? And look, this again, this is not a sales pitch, but this is kind of why we think that that we're different than all of the other land realtors. You can relate to it because you live that life every single day. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and it's not the same. You know, we don't live in a subdivision, man. We live out here in the woods. We shoot deer in the front yard like it's – it's just different, and and I think there's so much value in that, man. It is, it is. I just uh, we live that life every day. I'm checking my cameras right now as we're doing this podcast. We've got feeders to fill this week. We're looking at winds and weather when we're gonna hunt, when we're gonna work. We live this life. We're already thinking about next season where we're moving stands, what timber we're cutting, what. Food, you know, we're thinking about all this stuff now because this is the life we live. And if you have a real estate agent that doesn't then live this life, they may can negotiate, they may can market a little bit. But guess what? When they tell you about the track of land and when they hear your goals and what you want to do, if they don't have that same kind of passion for you, you are backing up. I promise you. If you don't have an agent that loves land as much as you, go find another one. And there's ones that love it just as much as me. I'm not saying I'm the only one, but don't go find your land with somebody that doesn't live and breathe hunting or fishing or the outdoors like I do. That's how we're going to end it on the Hunting Land Man podcast. Find you an agent that loves hunting 
and the outdoors and recreation like you do. And I promise you, you'll be doing yourself a favor. Amen. Hey, thank you for listening to the Hunt and Land Man podcast. If you will, take a moment, give us a five-star written view, guys. This really helps us out. And if you know anybody you think will be interested in this podcast, please share it with them.